Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Tabber. And today, ladies, we're going to jump into how to stop stress eating. And the obvious reason for why this is so important is because that stress eating will lead to weight gain, and it also sabotages your efforts in living a healthy and fit lifestyle. A lot of times you then feel uh, have food guilt after the stress eating, or you physically feel uncomfortable, which then affects just even your day-to-day. The less obvious and not as commonly considered reason why this is so important is because when we choose to go to food as the resource to calm the stress, to calm the anxiety, or maybe it's to numb out and not feel it, whatever that is drawing you to food, instead of going to God with whatever is the source of the stress or the emotion itself. When we choose to go to food instead of God, it removes the opportunity for you to truly create solutions. The food might be an instant gratification. The food might be an instant uh, feel good or numbing out or avoidance. And it might actually even physically make you feel calmer in a moment. There's a reason for that. We won't go into that today. However, it is a temporary and short-lived fix versus going to God with the feeling of stress or the feeling of anxiousness and or if you know the cause of the stress, going to him for guidance and solution is what truly creates a sustainable change to the level of stress that you are feeling. Going to God allows us to access his peace that surpasses all understanding. Going to God allows him to be the source of the comfort, be the source of the clarity, be the source of truly being able to understand what the next step might be that would solve whatever is creating the stress or give you a new perspective on whatever is creating the stress so that you don't feel it to begin with. Make sense? Going to food instead of God also creates a block in your communication. It creates a disruption in your ability to hear from him because you're choosing something else versus choosing him. And I say that with truth through a lens of love. If you don't know my story, uh, emotional eating was a struggle of mine for many, many years, and it was an aha moment that made it very clear to me. It was clearly God-led after a a long season, years of processing, going from emotional eating to an eating disorder to uh, God had helped me develop tools and resource and perspectives and all of these things to where I'd gotten so much stronger and my episodes were far, far and few between and yet I would still have temptation and occasionally give up, give in to that temptation and go to food instead of going to God. Whether, you know, towards the end of this, this piece of my journey, my episodes, so to speak, might have been six months apart or nine months apart, but I knew that they were still present. And it was in a moment where he made it very clear to me that this new iteration of understanding, it was kind of that moment that 
he had been preparing me for so that I was able to hear it and receive it and understanding that the habit of going to food instead of going to him with stress, anxiety, loneliness, whatever it might be, that is a negative emotion that we're trying to avoid or numb out or a temporary feel good, that that was literally standing between me and the greatest extent of the potential in which he wanted me to experience and live out in the unique purpose that this was truly an obstacle that needed to be removed in order for me to fully experience. And then he continued to evolve the understanding by showing me that when we are choosing to go to, to going to God, we are also removing the opportunity to grow deeper in our relationship with him because we aren't going to him. We're going to food. We aren't building. We aren't leaning into him in those moments. You can have an incredibly strong relationship with God as I did and feel really close and connected and still struggle with going to food instead of going to God. And that was my story and my truth until it wasn't. And so this is why I'm so passionate about this topic. Uh, So I'm going to jump into how to stop the stress eating because yes, it is going to lead to weight gain and or sabotage your efforts and create um, you know, emotional discomfort because of the way you physically feel or food guilt or what have you. And yes, also because it creates this, this block from growing deeper in your relationship with God. So I'm going to talk with you in just a minute about how to prevent the stress eating in the first place and then how to the feeling or the urge, right, um, to uh, to... I should say how to minimize your your levels of stress and then also talk about how to deal with the temptation when it does come up. But before I jump in, if you are newer to my podcast, welcome, welcome. I am so glad that you are here. I would love to connect with you. You can do that by, I'll drop a link in the show notes. We have a a private Facebook community uh, for Christian women entrepreneurs where we um, talk on all things uh, healthy living and weight loss. And um, I will also share a, uh, nope, let's leave that, for, <laughs> let's leave it at that for, for now. Um, if you also aren't familiar with me, um, give you a quick summary. I am a former overweight atheist corporate girl turned Jesus loving, fiercely fit entrepreneur. And I've been helping other women by God's work and and through me, actually men and women for the last 13 years. I have such a, um, a huge transformation story that it sparked this, uh, passion for me and that I get to live out this unique calling of equipping and empowering, uh, now specifically Christian women entrepreneurs to be at your best so that you can experience the best God has for you and then give it out. And I do that now uh, by working with Christian women exclusively, 10-year break, left corporate America, 10-year brick and mortar business, um, helping both men and women and with the help of an amazing team and um, coaches and mentors and, and all the things. And now working exclusively with uh, Christian women entrepreneurs so that my programs and my coaching can be unapologetically rooted in God's word and so that I can give them the step-by-step process that God has helped me create over time to hopefully shorten the the learning curve um, 
and the transformation for the women he places in my life. And so he gave me the the uh, Kingdom Fit method, which I help women to walk through so that you are building a nutrition under an understanding of nutrition that is lifestyle friendly for you. No more crazy diets, no more giving up your favorite foods or spending hours at a gym. But not only are you learning how true nutrition can really honestly be simple, not always easy, but it's actually very simple, but also then knowing and really diving into what 99.9% of all the programs you've tried in the past are missing and why the diets have failed you in the past and and what to do instead and really dive into that. So that's not the topic of today's uh, episode. So, but if you're interested and you want to learn more, um, you can go to rebeccatabbert.com forward slash kingdom fit academy and uh, learn more about the programs and what it might be like to work together. So with that, let's jump in. I'm going to first talk about how to kind of minimize stress levels so that you don't feel the urge in the first place to eat to kind of resolve the stress. And then we'll jump into when you do face those temptations, what practical action steps can you take? Fair enough. So first, in terms of preventing the levels of stress, or I should say minimizing because stress is natural. It's not Uh, always a bad thing. It's to the degree in which we feel the stress and how we respond to it and how uh, to the degree in which we feel the stress, how long we sit in feeling stressed and how we respond to it. Fair enough. So the first thing that you want to do to move from a state of being stressed to accessing God's peace and understanding is like you'll hear me talk about many times, we get to be active participants, right? Sometimes we think, well, God's word says, you know, be anxious for nothing, go to him through prayer and supplication, and he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Yes, and also, are you doing your part to set yourself up for the ability to really experience the truth of that verse? We can't always take a verse in isolation without having done the other things that put us in the position to be able to receive the gift and the blessing and the promise of the verse. Make sense? So for example, our bodies, the way God has designed our bodies is we are truly so intricately made. It is amazing when you start to understand all the different functions of our body how things work together, how detailed things align in order for us to function at our best and or what can derail us from functioning at our best. And when we are not at our best, it truly limits the ability for us to experience what God wants for us. So it's important for us to be active participants. One of the ways that we do that is making sure that you are getting quality sleep. Quality sleep is what allows when we sleep, your God designed our bodies to go through a process during our sleep cycles that allows us to, yes, rest, repair, recover for the next day. And it's so intricately created that when we sell ourselves short on sleep, it does create havoc on our very next day, the immediate um, kind of experience, as well as over time, lack of sleep 
leads to, is one of the factors that will lead to weight gain, one of the factors that will lead to cognitive decline. I don't know about you, but I want to do everything I can to still be of sound mind well into my 80s and 90s. We get to make sure that we are doing our part in the actions we take today that are going to set us up for that experience, whether it be 20 years, 50 years for you from now, right? We, we get to take that long-term view into perspective. And when we are sleeping, our body is meant to go through a certain hormone cycle that if we are not getting good quality sleep, we, it doesn't get to leverage that natural way of balancing and healing. So for example, when we aren't getting good quality sleep, you have a higher risk of elevated cortisol as one of the stress as one of the hormones that gets kind of um i want to say off deregulated in terms of where it should be the levels that would be ideal cortisol is your stress hormone so your stress hormone is going to tell your body that you're in a stress state which then can lead to holding on to body fat it's also going to um over time we've talked about this in other episodes but over time when you are functioning, our cortisol is a powerful hormone. It's meant to uh, be used for our advantage, right? However, it's not meant to be at an elevated state for a prolonged period of time. When it is at an elevated state for a prolonged period of time, we start experiencing a variety of negative effects for that. And we don't have time to go into that today. That deserves its own episode in terms of the importance of it and how it all works together. But when you aren't getting good sleep, you're also going to feel like maybe you've had this experience where you wake up and you are like you just feel groggy and or you kind of go through the day with like a a level of irritableness or maybe you feel like quote unquote, I have the munchies today. I don't know what's going on. That all ties back to your sleep. And then in addition to that, you are now at an, in a compromised mental, emotional state. When you aren't getting enough sleep, you're going to be at a disadvantage the next day in your ability to one, recognize emotion and manage emotion. So one of the things that I teach my, my, my clients is that you are never, and I, this is coming from someone that used to be really, really guilty of this. So I want to save you from it, but you are never buying yourself time when you sell yourself short of sleep. You are never buying yourself time when you sell yourself short of sleep. Because let's say this, I'll just speak for myself. It used to be, oh, I'll just do one more thing. I'll just do one more thing. And then an hour goes by or two hours go by. And now before you know it, I've gotten four or five hours of sleep. And I used to think that that was working for me until I realized how much it was impacting me. And the reality is, is that when you do the one more thing, you might have gotten that one more thing, but chances are if you're sleepy, if you're groggy, you're not going to be as focused, you're not going to be as effective. So what would have taken you 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe it does take you 90 minutes because you're, you're, you're tired, your body is ready for bed. And then 
when you start your day without that sleep, it carries over. So now you're going throughout your entire day with kind of a cloud or over your eyes or brain fog because you didn't get the sleep your body requires. So now are not only are you, um, you know, maybe you're hungry, you're so not, let me go down the list. So you're storing more body fat when you're not getting enough sleep. You're walking through the day feeling like you've got munchies and cravings. You are not able to even sometimes recognize the emotions that are coming up and or regulate the emotions because the emotions tend to rule you instead of you ruling them. And you're not able to make effective decisions because you have kind of this foggy brain syndrome. Now I'm telling you, just like I talk about, if you if you have a pattern of not getting quality, good quality sleep, you may not recognize these things because you don't have anything to compare it to. Make sense? Let me say it again. You may not recognize how the lack of sleep or lack of quality sleep is impacting you because you've been that way for so long, you've made those choices for so long, you don't have the better days to compare it to, to know the difference. Make sense? Which brings me to the next topic, proper nutrition. And proper nutrition, as I teach my clients, it's actually not as complicated as so many of the diets, shakes, pills, whatever systems make it out to be. However, when you aren't getting proper nutrition, this just as I was explaining with the sleep, you may not recognize it because if your diet, and when I talk about diet, I just mean your overall food choices, not like some specific diet, but just your your kind of nutrition protocols, how you like your normal state of choices and habits related to the food and that you put in your body. If it is a, if it consists mostly of packaged, processed foods, fast foods, um, highly processed foods, then you are operating in a state, in a condition that is decomp- that is compromised. You just don't recognize it because you've normalized it. Let me say that again. You are living in a state of being that is compromised, but you don't recognize it because you've normalized it. I can't tell you how many times clients over the last 13 years have come to me, we make some just a few small tweaks to their nutrition, and it doesn't take long, maybe a week or two weeks in, they realize, I didn't even know the brain fog. I didn't even know how much my sleep was impacted. I didn't even know how much my energy was drained until we made these shifts and now I know the difference. I know what's possible, I know what can be. And they sleep better, they feel better, the belly bloat's reduced, which then not only makes you physically feel better, but emotionally all the things. And so proper nutrition is also truly underrated when it comes to your ability to regulate your emotions. When you think about your, your, your body and your brain's primary function is to be able to like first prioritize survival. And so if it's not getting what it needs and or it's not getting the quality of what it needs, that's what it is focused on, even if it's just behind the scenes. So now you are not going to be as strong as you could be when it comes to being able to regulate stress and anxiety. 
you might, let me give you an example of this. Something, have you ever had a situation where for some reason, something really gets under your skin one day, but let's use the example of maybe it's a person in your life. Maybe it's a, let's just use that example, a person in your life that just has a a way of being or doing that sometimes just like irks you. And some days it's like, doesn't, it doesn't even phase you. You don't, it's kind of like you aren't even aware of it. You've just like learn to love them anyway. And then other days you're like, that is just annoying me. Like they just are on your last nerve, so to speak, is something that you might be saying. The difference in the day may not be them. <laughs> the difference in the day might be the those two days, like the day where it doesn't phase you and the day where it's like they're on your last nerve. Their attitudes, behaviors, ways of being, doing may not be any different between those two days towards you. The difference, sister, could be how you are receiving it and the meaning that you are giving it and the emotion that you're fueling behind it and how you feed your body, the quality, the volume, all of those things impacts your ability to, again, recognize the difference. Your nutrition, the quality of food that you're providing your body, the 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 dynamic of what you're providing your body impacts your ability to manage your thoughts and manage your emotions. And therefore, it lack thereof when your nutrition is poor, not only is your health at risk and all these kinds of things, but you're also losing the greatest potential in your God-given ability to recognize emotion and or discernment and or how you respond versus react. I hope that that's coming through. It plays a huge, nutrition plays a huge, huge role on how you're feeling. And then that impacts how you're being and then your, your being impacts your doing. The third is connection, feeling connected. And connection comes in three forms. Feeling connection with God reduces your stress and anxiety. Because you know, like when you are in a place where you're just, you feel so connected with him, it's like there's, there's no questioning. It doesn't matter what happens. There's no questioning. You know that you are on the right path. You know that you are making the right choices. You know that you are not perfect, but that you are perfect in your imperfections, that you're a woman that seeks God each day and therefore, and you know all the things and you feel you have access to his peace that, under, that passes all understanding. And then when we are, God never moves, but when we get busy or we get distracted or we put something in between, like turning to food instead of God, it separates us in the depth of connection that we could be feeling. Fair enough? The second connection to self, and I don't mean this in a woohoo way, I mean this in a level of personal awareness. What is going on with you? What are you feeling? Why do you feel that way? Why are you giving that situation, that circumstance, the meaning that you're giving it? And if you're, are you catastrophizing it, which we can do? Are you avoiding it and then seeing the result and that's what's stressing you out? What is going on with you? 
and again, this is a much bigger topic, and this is why the work that I do with um, my clients is so critical is because understanding, first having that connection with God and that depth and that intimacy and being able to consistently hold it, right? Not just feel it on a Sunday or service, but consistently be able to to hold that connection and feel that connection. And then your own self-awareness is critically important. And then, of course, our connection to others. God created us to be in community. So having connection with other people is a critical step in being able to feel this sense of being connected. And when we feel connected, we reduce our levels of stress and anxiety. Last but not least, as it's simple as it sounds, is hydration. When over 80% of our bodily functions is dependent on water. So when we are, dang, I just forgot the statistic, ladies, but it, I want to say that it's if we are 2% dehydrated, it's something like 20% less functioning. It, it's like um, in energy, sorry. Um, it's a huge variable. I, I believe that's right. I, don't quote me on this, but I believe, just know that it's something along these lines. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. I one take. We're making this happen. Um, I believe it's like even two percent of of being dehydrated. Two percent dehydration leads to twenty percent lack of energy, decrease in energy. And when you don't have the energy, when you're not feeling good, again, you're more likely to feel a heightened level of stress and anxiety. Not to mention the fact that because over 80% of our bodily functions are dependent on hydration and water specifically, that means that you, if you're not hydrated and you don't have good energy, you're also not giving just even your brain what it needs, which then ties back to your ability to manage, to recognize and manage emotion. Fair enough? So let me dive in real quick into the temptations. Um, So specifically what to do when you are able to recognize that you're being tempted. And let me tell you that it is a process. This is part of the journey. Part of the journey is being able to learn to recognize it in advance. Um, one of the times I, one of the things I teach my client is sometimes you actually start by learning in reverse, Um, but we don't have time to go into that today. But I want to tell you that no matter how long this has been a struggle with you, I promise you there's healing. I promise you that there is hope. I promise you that it doesn't matter how many times you had failed in the past. It matters what you are going to do right now. It matters, and that's true even after you listen to this episode. It's true even if you listen to this episode, you have the best of intentions, and then two hours from now, you give in to food. The next choice ahead of you is always what matters most. Fair enough? So the uh, first thing that you can do when you recognize the temptation, you recognize that you're feeling stressed and anxious and you're tempted to turn to food as comfort or mindlessly eat or numb out, whatever it might be that you're recognizing, the first is to understand that when we are stressed, and I know you can't see me as I'm, I'm talking, but I, whenever, because I've felt this so many times, <laughs> and um, I used to struggle with a sense of anxiety more frequently than I do now, and it's this feeling of being worked up in your chest. It just feels like there's this energy that is just like 
kind of like a ping ball machine going through your chest and your your innards like it just is is a really almost uh intense feeling sometimes it can be right and there's varying degrees of it what so there is a physical response that is happening in your body at that time and your nervous system is most likely in that fight, flight, fawn, or freeze response, which are not the responses that you want to sit in. Again, any one thing is not um, harmful in and of itself. It's being able to recognize it and not sitting in it for too long. And so being able to recognize that your system, usually if you have that feeling of like the jittery or the ping pong machine, in ping pong ball in, in your chest type feeling, it's usually that fight or flight response. Um, and fawn or freeze is, is more, well, I won't go too far into that. Let me just stay with this, this analogy. When, so it is, a, it is creating a physical response in your body. And so that is tied to your nervous system that is doing that fight or flight. And you want to bring it back into the nervous, the side of your nervous system that brings you back to safety that allows you to know that you are safe that all things are good that you are um, calm and collected right and the safety and the security and so one of the tactics that works to be able to literally shift your nervous system is breath work and you can do a ton of research on breath work there are very there are a multitude of ways to do breath work. It can be as simple as taking four breaths in, hold for four, and then release for the count of four. Not four breaths, sorry. Um, breathing, like taking a deep breath in and try and get it into your belly at the with the count of four. So you're taking a slow, deep breath by the count of four. Then it's in your belly and you're holding it for four. And then you're releasing it for four. And when you do this, it's helping you shift from that state of fight or flight into it's safe, it's secure. You're letting your nervous system know that you're okay. And when you do that, that will help. Now, you don't, this is the great thing about this is that you can do this in a crowded room, not tied to, um, this might not be tied to turning to food directly, but while we're on this topic, if you struggle with stress and anxiety, even if you're in a crowd, even if you're in a work situation where you have peers around you, no one needs to know that you're doing this. You can do breath work in the presence of other people and no one needs to know you're doing it. So even if you're in a conversation with somebody, it you know, and it, it's a back and forth discussion, you can take a couple minutes to, to pause, maybe while they're talking and you're listening, right? It gives some space in the conversation. It also gives you a time to like get back to the breath work, right? Um, the next few things are diversions. So diversions, meaning you have the temptation, what now? It doesn't typically take a lot to create just enough space from that initial temptation so that you feel like you've regained a sense of control in the next choice, 
Make sense? So when you feel that temptation to grab whatever it is for you, <laughs> the, the peanut M&Ms or the chocolate or the what have you, those things are not bad. It's what is your motive for choosing that in this moment? And if your motive is a response of stress or anxiety or wanting to numb out or whatever it might be, boredom, it might, sometimes you'll, I hear women say, well, I, I get bored and then I eat. I'm going to encourage you that I'm, I'm not sure it's always boredom. I think it's more so avoidance. Um, and even if it is boredom, uh, what else? Like boredom means, <laughs> I didn't want to go on this tangent, but it reminds me every time of one of my clients from the brick and mortar fitness business would use this, uh, this term with her kids. Like if you are bored, you are being boring, right? What could you be doing? What could you, right? So boredom is not a a reason to food is not the solution when it comes to boredom either even if it if it is true boredom right so the diversions let me get back on track here so it when you feel that temptation and i encourage you to i'm going to give you a few but make a cheat sheet for yourself what are the things that you can go to that will uh, divert your attention just long enough sometimes it's 5 10 minutes you need 5 10 minutes of an interrupt to not feel that state of urgency to go to the food 5 to 10 minutes of an interrupt can be the difference between you then being at, turning to food versus being able to make a healthy decision that may or may not include food, right? A healthy decision of what's next, of what to do to resolve the situation or whatever might be next for you, right? So the first diversion is walking 10 minutes. There are studies that show now that walking 10 minutes, even if it's inside your house, just walking, the movement itself can dramatically improve your mood. So walking for 10 minutes. The second is uh, get outside. And I know this isn't always possible, but when you can, if you get outside and you're able to recognize and connect nature, it goes back to that connection element, right? Recognize, connect with nature, appreciate what is all around you, shift to a heart of gratitude. And physically being outside, especially if you're in a season where you can be out in sunshine, the vitamin D, the connection of the warmth, it can uh, do wonders to be able to shift that state and just get you back to, okay, I've got this. And then now maybe you are ready to go to God and journal it out or do whatever it is, something that's more productive than turning to food. Fair enough? The third is reaching out to someone else and focusing on them. So there's a time and place to where maybe you need to vent to a friend. However, whatever we focus on expands. And our, especially if it's a girlfriend and not a colleague or what have you, like they want to have your back and they want, hopefully this, you have a friend that's a truth teller that will just call you out on your stuff and say, get out of your story or whatever in a loving and kind way, right? Like you're okay. This is the truth. Because a lot of times what we're stressed over, what we have anxious over isn't the current moment. It's an expectation of what's to come. That's a whole nother episode on expectations. But when we reach out to somebody else and focus on them, that stress and anxiety that you have is often coming because you're focused on you. Even if it's, let's say, you're stressed and anxious about a child, it's still in a decision they're making, it's still focused on you, your worry, your concern, your like expectation, again, going back to expectation of what you think is going to happen based on their trust, their choices, or you feeling like... Um, 
you know, and I totally get it. <laughs> it's hard to not want to take back control, even though we know that God has them and, and all those things. But whatever it might be, it's typically focused on on you and your response and how you're feeling and your emotion. Whereas when we reach out to someone, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a colleague, maybe it's one a client, maybe it's a team member, and you focus on them, check in with them with the genuine connection, a genuine like, hey, we talked two weeks ago. How are you doing on this thing? Or, hey, I was just thinking about you today. What's going on with you? Like, really just connecting with them for the purpose to focus on them. When we focus on others, it reduces our internal stress and anxiety. The third, or I'm sorry, I might actually be on the fourth. Yep, I'm on fourth, is watch a funny reel or a funny YouTube or whatever the case may be. Laughter is literally healing and transformative. And this is one of my go-tos when I am feeling stressed or I'm like, even if I'm low on energy, I'll take, just make sure you don't go down the rabbit hole, but you know, I'll go and intentionally look for a funny reel, (laughs) whatever makes it, makes you laugh, right? For me, it tends to be animals or I am sorry to say that a lot of times it's falls. Like if somebody, as long as somebody's not getting hurt, like something funny like that. Um, and when you are able to like, just sincerely laugh, it is so healing. All right. So then the fifth is being able to journal when you, it doesn't have to be right or wrong. Don't make emotions right or wrong. Just do a brain dump on paper and get curious. We have automated negative thoughts and perhaps the meaning you're giving that situation is what is causing the stress. It's not actually the reality of what's happening. And truly, even if it's valid, sitting in stress for too long is not serving you. So you want to have the goal of moving out of that stress. So when you brain dump your emotions and what's going on and just kind of get curious, I guarantee and invite Holy Spirit into that process. I guarantee you he's going to meet you where you're at and you will get clarity if you focus on it. And there's also a whole, I, um, have done a couple of John Asaroff's uh, programs as well. Um, he is a neuroscience guy, and there is something about releasing emotion through pen and paper that allows your brain to like start to. I don't want to. I, I am going to use the word disassociate, but not from a negative standpoint. It just gives you some distance from the emotion. Um, and then, last but not least, kind of ties into the prevention is drinking water. Um, when you feel tempted to eat. If you provided like you've eaten, like if you're, I teach my clients, if you're hungry, eat sister. (laughs) Um, However, if you feel like it's coming up because of stress or anxiety, when you drink water, it's filling. There's something about the actual um, mechanics of drinking, especially if you're drinking through a straw that that tend to be soothing, but also the hydration will again help you um, curtail that feeling of stress and anxiety or that sense of urgency to go to food. Fair enough. All right. Last but not least, um, when if you like are still needing to figure out again, you get to figure out pick two or three things that are going to be your go to what's realistic for you. Don't be overwhelmed. Um, but last but not least, have crunchy snacks on hand, right? If you're truly hungry, eat. If you're not sure, then start with just kind of a crunchy snack. Maybe it's uh, carrots, maybe it's celery, maybe it's like something that's not too, that's not going to put you down a rabbit hole, right? Life and food is not all about carrots and celery and, and those types of things. I'm just saying it can be a tool, right? I teach my clients how to eat their favorite foods without the food guilt, um, 
and uh, while still you know, learning to release the weight like for good, once and for all, last time that you need to lose weight. Fair enough. So you, you can have the sweets and you can have the favorite foods. You can have the, the foods that everybody else has told you that is in your prior like diets or whatever has told you are forbidden or whatever. You can choose to have those. It's what is the motive behind having them in the moment? And I would invite you to consider that if it, the motive is I'm stressed, I'm angry, I, I want comfort right now, then that's not a good time to um, indulge, for lack of a better word, in one of those options. Fair enough? So stress eating is one tiny piece of a much bigger puzzle if your goal is to successfully lose weight for the last time. So I am going to jump into giving a little bit of background of the core principles of my coaching. And the reason I want to do this is so that you have a better understanding that stress eating is one piece of the equation. I think we look for one solution, one quick fix, one this, one that. And I know that because of my own personal story and or, um, you know, having coached um, other men and women for the last 13 years is, is we want it to be simple and it can be simple, but it's not going to be from any, it's not going to be one, um, tactic. It's not going to be one diet. It is pulling everything together. So let me give you kind of the foundations so that you have this understanding because I don't want you to think that you can walk away from this episode and everything is solved. I'm sure you don't think that, but, um, I want you to understand that there's so much more to, truly being able, if one of your goals is to not just lose weight, but truly be healthy, um, but also lose weight for the last time, there's more to it. Fair enough? So the core foundational principles of the coaching that I get to do with now Christian women entrepreneurs is that, yes, I'm going to help, I typically help women that want to lose 30 pounds or more for the last time. And the reason it's the last time is because when we work together, it literally is transformative because you finally build the foundation that's been missing in the past and that has caused you to jump from diet to diet, to lose 20 pounds, then gain 30 pounds back. By the time in the duration of us um, working together or me working with a client, not only have they lost the weight, but they also build a more powerful personal relationship with God, a stronger mind with godly grit. Now, mind you, the women that come to me are strong, powerful, way makers and doers, but they come to me because they know that they're being called for even more. They know that they no longer want to wake up in the morning and feel uncomfortable in their body. They're tired of going into their closet and coming out of it three to five dress changes later because they were searching to find something that would feel good enough. They want to be done with playing smaller than what they're called to, right? These women are action takers. They show up. They are making massive impacts. They have successful businesses, families, all of those things. And yet, like I said, they know they're being called to even more. They know that even though they're doing all of those things, they also have... Sorry, that would be the max. They also have um, 
this little something that hinders them just enough because of the discomfort that they feel in their body, because some days they rather write a post, even though they know that their gifting and their skill set is when they connect on Facebook lives or through trainings. And it, it bleeds into how they're showing up. So they know, they feel when women come to me, they already know, I'm not here to convince you. And so if you feel like that, then this isn't for you. The women that I get to work with already know that it's time to make their health and their well-being, their physical well-being a priority so that they're positioned to create and experience the next iteration of what God wants for them. Right, so that they're positioned to be able to hold the capacity and have the strength for all of the impact he wants them to be um, a part of. Right, uh, I love Myron Gordon says uh, we get to discover, develop, and deploy our unique and greater purpose. I think my words are unique and greater purpose. I don't think he uses that, but he, I think he might call it a calling. But my point is, is that. Our health and our well-being is directly tied to our ability. And what has been missing in our churches, and a lot most of our churches, is this discussion. The fact that God's word talks about the importance of our health and well-being. Not that self-care is selfish, but that self-care and health is a prerequisite for us to be able to experience and give our best. And these women come to me knowing that. And so by the end of working together, they have the true foundation of understanding why they've been in a cycle or um, patterns in the past that did not serve them and how to build the thoughts, the beliefs, in addition to the lifestyle and nutrition, how to build the thoughts and beliefs that, that are going, how to recognize the ones that don't serve you or haven't served you or no longer serve you and build the thoughts, beliefs, and patterns that are going to serve you and align with your highest good. Make sense? So if that sounds like something you're interested in, you are a Christian woman entrepreneur and you're creating amazing success for yourself and the impact and income that you are creating, and you know that there is even more for you, you feel like you are being called to more and you sense that in order to receive it and hold it, you must start to prioritize your health and well-being, then truly, sister, we need to work together. And so for that reason, if you get into the uh, show notes and you click on that, uh, rebeccatabbert.com forward slash Kingdom Fit Academy, you'll be invited to provide your email list and then you'll be immediately, your email uh, address, and then you'll be immediately uh, redirected to a calendar link for us to connect and see if we might be a good fit in working together. Because I want you to imagine being able to get ready in the morning, knowing that you get to slip into those new dresses, those new out outfits that are two and four sizes smaller, and you get to slip into them with ease and feeling sexy and confident. Imagine catching your reflection on Zoom or FB Live, and instead of like being focused on your double chin or what might they be thinking and kind of in the background of your mind, you feel this sense of, yes, I did it. Like you look and you just reflect that inner glory that has always been part of you, right? So with that, click the link if this is something that interests you. And uh, regardless, I want to invite you to connect with our community on, if you're on Facebook, 
uh, I will drop the show link notes there. If you want to just send me an email, you can do so at Rebecca dot or yeah, sorry, Rebecca at Rebecca I'll drop that as well. And if this podcast is helping you in some form or fashion, it would be an amazing blessing for me if you'd help me get the word out to other women who might be helped by it also. And you can do that by leaving a review on whatever platform you're listening it to and or share on social media, tag me um, and I'll repost it and or uh, just send the link to a friend and let her know that you were thinking of her. Maybe it was a conversation that you had recently on this topic. Um, if you think that it would be a benefit for her. Fair enough. All right. I love you so much. I appreciate your time and attention. I hope this served you. I'll talk soon. Bye for now.